We are going to get my thoughts on the Whit Merrifield craziness that has been happening over the past couple of days. We're also going to talk about our favorite games of the year in 2023. And we're going to get into some happenings over on Twitter, including some questions from you guys, as well as the videos of Bryce Miller. Thank you guys for watching episode 54, the Goose Gossage episode of the Hit It Here podcast, part of the Believe Network. I'm here with Joe. Joe, how are you? I think you got fed that one from the comments last time, right? Wasn't, I did? I think someone commented the Goose Gossage episode. Did I, they? Did. Yeah, yeah, I think so. The, could, the very last year of his career, he was number 54 for the Seattle Mariners. I have another sneaky 54. I'll see if you say it at the end. Okay. Um, but I'm doing, I'm doing well. And I had a big, long stream today about the 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 Whit Merrifield discussion and you put out a tweet yesterday talking about you know there's this interesting crowd of people whether or not they think that Whit Merrifield is better or worse than Sam Haggerty and Dylan Moore and you know we had a pretty open conversation about it during stream but of course that was only my end of the my, my end of the bargain if you will so Colton the floor is yours thank you what are your thoughts on Whit Merrifield I don't hate it I think it's fine. I think that what Merrifield does make sense on this roster to an extent. Like, it doesn't make sense to give the guy $10 million. No. With where the Mariners are, where their budget, what their budget is, it doesn't make sense to give Whit Merrifield $10 million. Could he, you know, be over there at second base with Josh Rojas, move Josh Rojas to third, maybe? I'm not sure. Overall, this all stemmed because of the comments he made on MLB Network saying, oh, Seattle's my favorite place to hit, blah, blah, blah. Cool. Teo said a very similar thing. And Teo didn't hit well in T-Mobile Park. So it, it's it's something that a lot of people took it further than it needed to go, us included. You know, we were talking about what Merrifield. I think that it does make sense if he's willing to take like $5 million or 6 maybe. Okay. Uh, there are people out there saying that he is no better than Dylan Moore. I completely disagree with that. Over the past couple of years, has Sam Haggerty put up better-ish numbers than what Merrifield? Sure. But overall, there's a reason what Merrifield was an all-star last year, other than the fact that, you know, all of Canada was voting for him. He's a guy who's done it for 4,000 at-bats. Why would we think he would just stop doing it now when he came to Seattle? He's done it for 4,000 at-bats. Dylan Moore has been injury-plagued the last couple of years. There's no guarantee that he's not going to be injury-plagued in 2024. I mean, you look at... His entire season last year, 2023 is basically a lost season for him. He had that core injury, and then, you know, he got rushed back too soon and was hurt again. Sam Haggerty is a guy who you just cannot count on to not get overexposed when he starts to see more playing time. We've seen it every year with him. He starts to get more exposed. He started out uh, in 2022 in limited at-bats. He was hitting like, he had like a 146 uh, WRC+. plus. Fell down to 102 when he started playing every day and when he had over 100 at-bats. 2023, he had, I think, what, 80 at-bats, and he wasn't that great. Mm -hmm. So overall, Whit Merrifield is consistent. You know what you're going to get out of Whit Merrifield. You can put him in the corner outfield if you need to. Maybe you want to give Luke Rayleigh a day off his feet or something like that. You could put Whit out there and move, you know, Josh Rojas to second base. And uh, Ty Dang Gonzalez and I had this conversation as well that just because you have Whit Merrifield doesn't mean you can't also have Dylan Moore because they can both fill similar roles, yes. But with that being said, you could also have both of them in the lineup on any given day because realistically, you're facing a tough lefty. You'd probably want Dylan Moore in there over Dominic Canzone. And so if you have both those guys in lineup, maybe Merrifield at second base and Dylan Moore in left field or something like those two can coexist. Sam Haggerty, on the other hand, it just doesn't make sense to really keep him around when it adds to the whole utility player thing, right? 
Luis Urias, Josh Rojas, I would consider kind of a utility player. Whit Merrifield, Dylan Moore, Sam Haggerty. You have a bunch of them, but of that group, the one that you can rely on the most is Whit Merrifield. You know what you're going to get out of him. So in the end, I think it's fine, although you and I have talked about this a little bit, and it just makes more sense to sign Donovan Solano. Before we get to Donovan Solano, is that Whit Merrifield's a safer bet than Dylan Moore or Sam Haggerty? And here's a word from Bet Online. Online is one of our favorite partners to work with as part of the Believe Network. When you head to Bet Online and use promo code Believe on your first deposit, you're going to get a 50% off welcome bonus. The NFL playoffs are right around the corner, and there's no strings attached for the Seattle sports fans, unless for some reason you're an out of Seattle sports fan for football, because unfortunately the Seahawks did get eliminated. But no strings attached means you can place bets wherever you feel like without your emotions getting too heavily involved. And say you're not an NFL better, maybe you like the NBA more. Obviously, Bet Online has you covered there. And going even further down the line, they've got the NHL. They've got every major sport that you guys can think of. So head to Bet Online to place those bets today. They've got you covered with all the up to the second odds, news, and scores. They've got additional odds, lines, and trends. And that info is available to you on both desktop and mobile. So you can access the world's best wagering info anytime, anywhere, any place. Remember, that's code BLEAV for your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, it's where the game starts. So Donovan Solano is one that I think also just it's it's been in the conversation with Whit Merrifield because they're just very similar. I think acquisitions they're an aging veteran that can provide you utility in some form of the infield what Merrifield gives you a little bit more in the outfield but Donovan Solano probably provides you a better bat or just a better overall plate approach because he gets on base a little bit at a higher rate than Merrifield like Merrifield bat like he hit like 270 last year but his OBP was like 318 like dude just mm -hmm. doesn't get on base aside from hitting singles and something I brought up in the stream it's very different situations do not take this as i'm comparing them as a one-to-one -one thing but like if you look at what merrifield's best season which was in 2018 he led the entire league in hits i think at 206 his wrc plus was only like 110 okay because his singles he doesn't like do much other than just string together hits which is great that can work a guy that did that as a career was ichiro suzuki like i'm not gonna like you know i'm not saying they're the same thing but like Think about Whit Merrifield getting not 590 at-bats or whatever he got with the Blue Jays last year. Limit those down to 350, 400, where he's in a more supplementary role instead of a primary role. You're probably going to get a healthier, more active Whit Merrifield. And I'd say the same thing for, for Donovan Solano as well. It's like they're not going to be in as premier roles as they were with like Solano's with the Twins last year. And he's going to be a more fill-in spot guy, whereas... Previously, he was more of an everyday kind of fixture in a lineup. And another name that got brought up in the stream was Adam Frazier. Why not just bring him back? You know, a similar situation. I think out of those three, you'd get similar production, I think, in terms of playing out of all three. Like, Frazier gives you, I think, a little bit more flexibility in terms of fielding because I think he might have a little bit more left in the tank than Whit Merrifield. But, like, Whit Merrifield is more proven. But then Donovan Solano is just the better hitter out of all three. So, like pick your poison it's like the you know whatever but do they really move the needle that much i think is the conversation do we have them at home already is the the running meme for us for you specifically of like do we really need like another like dylan moore sam haggerty clone and like yeah i mean we could always use a guy that has this track record of four thousand at bats what you're saying and he's doing it at a pretty high clip whereas like sam haggerty he's only ever seen like 
what max like 200 at bats in a season he's seen 400 in his career right and he's still below Whit Merrifield in terms of overall production yes that is including Whit Merrifield from five years ago but those intangible skills of like just bat to ball skills don't necessarily go away overnight and yes we did have the same conversation about Colton Wong last year of course of course like the like air around these types of acquisitions sure they're looming large however with where the roster is standing right now this undoubtedly raises the floor because it just provides you more depth should an injury occur now you have sam haggerty waiting for you in the minors right does he have does he have options left i think he has one okay so my my, the way i look at this okay so if we're comparing dylan moore and Whit Merrifield, Dylan Moore has a career 30% strikeout rate. Yeah. Case closed. Case closed. That's the, that's the, end, of, that's the end of that story. Whit Merrifield has a career 17%. Well below league average. Dylan Moore has literally doubled that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Whit Merrifield's a better player. There's no doubt about it. Can Demo, you know, he, he does he play a role? Absolutely. And Sam Haggerty has a career like 25% strikeout rate, I think. I mean, if the goal is to cut strikeouts, you, you go with Whit Merrifield. With that being said, Domin Domin Solano has like a 21, I think, percent uh, career strikeout rate. Like, that's not terrible. And obviously, that's doable. He's right around league average in that. So, Whit Merrifield doesn't take walks, though, either. That's why his OBP is so low. But I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know which guy I would rather have in this situation. If, if all the money was the same, if Solano, Frazier, and, and, and uh, Merrifield were all going to get paid a million dollars, let's just say, just to make the money even. Mm-hmm. I think I would rather have Whit Merrifield. Honestly, honestly. I mean, he might be a good clubhouse guy. I'm not sure. I've, I mean, he seems like a cool dude, right? Like he goes on shows all the time and people seem to like him. So yeah. Um, Adam Frazier. I mean, we know Adam Frazier, right? And he has one of the biggest hits in Mariners history. So bringing him back, I mean, I know that a lot of people didn't love him. I mean, I loved him when he first came over. I was like, that's my second baseman. Yeah. It's my leadoff hitter. And then he fell off the face of the earth. But I don't know. I think that there, there's definitely something to be said there. I do, I do think a right-handed hitter makes more sense uh, just for the way the lineup is currently constructed over there at second base. But Adam Frazier, again, maybe he comes back. And what do you think he'd sign for? Probably a one-year, like $3 million, $4 million deal? I think I would go Solano at like four or five, Frazier like at like six, like in between them. And then Merrifield, we were talking about it in the stream, like anywhere between like one and I was saying like seven and a half, I'd be fine with to eight. Someone said they'd be like, yeah, one for 10, I'm in. And I was like, whoa, what's a lot of money. And then people were weighing like the option of like, eh, did we sign him for two years? Like they'd want him two for 12. And I was like, I guess if you're like wanting 36 year old Whit Merrifield in 2025, but you know, I think for the money given, I'd be fine with giving what Merrifield seven and a half, eight million dollars. I think that's probably where he's at. Like, I can't yeah. imagine him wanting more than that, personally. On a one-year deal, I don't really care how much you give him. It's one year. You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't like impact like your ability to play with money within the season. Well, I mean, we no, all no have no to in the admit, Mariners' payroll, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like no in the Mariners' payroll. It doesn't matter. They're, they didn't sell enough hot dogs, so therefore that they're not going to be able to go out and sign or trade for player X. Sorry. Sure. Like, I don't know. It's if, if if he is, if this is the last bat they go out and get, which all indications point to that happening, if not them going into the season with this current team as it is constructed. I mean, like we've talked about before, we're what 
a little less than four weeks away from pitchers and catchers reporting. Like, it's it's coming up. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there are still guys out there like Bellinger, Tommy Pham still out there, Blake Snell's. Like, there's still some premier talent out there. And we're talking about, you know, Whit Merrifield and whatnot. It's because that's where we are as Mariners fans with this payroll. But if that's the topper to the offseason, then fine. You know, whatever. It is what it is. If they do decide to use that money in season, then maybe I change my answer. But as of right now, I'm still going with Merrifield over the, any of the others. The offseason, it's kind of coming to a close here pretty quickly, like you're saying. So we got a, a little message over on Twitter asking, what were our top five games from 2020? I think it said two, but we're going to do 2023 because we don't want to go that far reminiscing. And we're also going to cut it down to three because, well, picking 10 games, we, we might run into the same one, you know. So for me, my first one, this is probably in no order because I'll probably forget them as as it goes on. But the first one that stands out to me is JP's walk-off against the Rangers. I think mm. it's a pretty a pretty sound one. I was tasked yeah. with recording the post-game like recap or video for that because that's what we were doing at the end of the year for content. And I chose to record myself reacting to it. And it was it was hype. It was it was the best game I think I could have chosen to do that to uh, walk off, like just to keep yourselves in it. The, you know, him dropping the F bomb live. It was very, very nice. It's very good vibes. Yes. 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 Uh, um, I think I'll go again. No specific order here. I'll go with Teo's walk off over the Blue Jays. That was a good one. I mean, that was just it just felt so right. I remember like yelling and saying, God, I hope he's back next year. Mm-hmm. Now, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like it just felt so good for Tay Oscar Hernandez to come. And I mean, that when he hit that home run in Rogers Center as well, like it was just cool to see, you know, even the Blue Jays fans were clapping for Tay Oscar Hernandez, which was super cool because you could people like Tao. Like, I still love Tao, even yeah. if he's not going to be here next year. I love Tao. And I think that that game just really solidified that for me as being I mean, I was one of the best games that I'd seen. Unfortunately, I was, you know, watching it from the comfort of my own couch instead of the comfort of a seat down the first baseline. But, you know, what are you going to do? Nonetheless, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, backpack here on a little Teoscar Hernandez hype. The guy who hit the first, I think it was the first run scored in our Mojo meetup day. Right. Mm. He, had, he had a solo shot, I think. And like, the, yeah. like early on in the game, I think, as you know, it was against the Royals Sunday, the 29th, I think. Thank you. Something Maybe like the thirtieth. I can't remember. You got if you were there, you know. And it was off. Who was pitching for the Royals that day? Was it Jordan Lyles, or was that the day before? I dude, I don't remember. All I know all is all I know is Luke Weaver started for the Seattle Mariners. No, it was Castillo. No. Yeah. No, no didn't. Or was that the game that you and I went to that Luke Weaver started? Because George Kirby got sick against the Athletics. That's right. Okay, that was the game that you and I went to, huh? where we met radio host girl. I can't remember her name right now. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know yeah, what you're yeah. talking about. Um, so we were at Marimoji Meetup. We were out in the J-Rod squad. And one of the members, Code Red, clocked the fact that Teo hit a home run off the bat. Like, it was, like, within seconds of him connecting, he just goes, oh, that's gone. And we were all just, like, watching it fly. It was a little bit to our right because we are in the J-Rod squad, so it was a little bit more to dead center. But it was a, a missile. And they ended up winning the game. I think that was the day that they, what, took first place mm-hmm. for, you know, in August. Big month for the Mariners, so another good vibes game for us there. Okay, well, if we're going with not just, like, what happened in the game, but also what we were doing at the game, sure. I'm going to go with the, ga- the game that you and I stood in, in, the, in the stairwell 
mm-hmm. and the Mariners won that game. I don't remember anything about that game. I just know that I really enjoyed it. I think they were playing the Rays, right? Yeah, that was the Tom Murphy had a big home run. Yeah, to put yeah, yeah. Another Castillo. It was a bad start from Castillo. Yes, it was. And we were worried that they weren't going to be able to climb their way out of it, but the Mariners' offense pulled through somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. I think that was was that when France ran into Paredes or no? Yeah, yeah, Paredes yeah no, that was that was the same game. Yeah, yeah. same game. Everyone was freaking out about whether or not France did it on purpose or, you know, whatever. He's in the base path. We were just watching it from deep in center. Dude, I really like standing there. It's, it's a good spot. Like, it's a really good view. That's that's a like, I think that's an underrated spot in the stadium. It's just like that stairwell out in center. Buy the cheapest possible ticket you can and just stand out there. I mean, they're standing room only tickets. Unless that's not the cheapest. But I assume that's the cheapest, no? I mean... I don't think their standing room only tickets exist all the time. Oh. I think it might only be for sellouts. Oh, okay. That makes more sense then. Anyways, what's your number? What, what's the next one slash your last one my, slash your number one? My last one, I think, did not it did not occur in T-Mobile Park. It occurred in the Coliseum, Bryce Miller's debut. Mm. And, you know, it was a pitcher's duel. We were getting shut out by Mason Miller that game. And I was worried that, you know, Bryce was going to get Felixed in his first ever start. But AJ Pollock came up clutch with a big home run late in the game, which feels like a fever dream at this point. But Bryce Miller <laughs> punched out 10 in his debut in the in the Oakland rain, mind you. I also caught, I think, two foul balls that game. Because you were the only one in the stands. Hey, you know. Right. Zach Campbell was there, though, wasn't he? No, that's a different one. But oh, okay. it was right place at the right time. You know, I just happened to be there and bang. It was a good one. Mm. So I'm kind of torn oh. on this one. I'm I'm between the Cade Marlowe Grand Slam and the uh, Gino walk-off versus the Pirates. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to go with Gino's walk-off versus the Pirates just because, like, it's Gino. And God, I'm going to miss that guy. But that game, I remember I was at my grandparents' house. We were having, we were meeting my cousin's kid or something like that who was, like, two months old at the time. Sure. And I was sitting there watching it on my phone. And he, had, he hit it, and I was like, oh, my God like dad and he's like talking like dad uh, <laughs> listen to me I'm like look at this yeah and i don't know it's just like because I, I it just brought back the memories of like the braves game from 2022 and yeah the or the the apple tv game where he's like i did it or whatever you know when he hit mm-hmm. the when he hit the walk-off home run it's like god i'm gonna miss gino so much i i, I want to throw a, a, a wrench here what i think we talked about this already but let's do top three favorite moments from the year what do you like individual yeah. things individual things so like games i feel like yes but individual moments and you can say like the jp walk-off because yes that was (laughs) just doubled down on it um Mm -hmm. i'm gonna say kelnick's home run into the night not the 482 foot one but the one he hit off like the scoreboard the night before like it just the the cameraman lost it into the night sky i thought Mm -hmm. that that like seeing that made it feel like he was like ready he was here like it was, mm-hmm. there was no more fluke situation early on in the year. Like he got every ounce of that baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with probably a gimme, but I'm, I have to go with it. And, and that's Dom Canzone's home run off the windows. Mm-hmm. Just be, that was such a freaking cool moment. Two outs, Bob in the ninth, down by one uh, against the best team in the American League. And he just, new guy to the marriage, just pimps it, bat flipping everything off the windows. Really thought the Mariners were going to come back and win it, and they almost did if it wasn't for Cedric Mullins. Yeah, so. that Cedric Mullins robbing Ty France literally at bat before is is such a criminal thing to do, knowing what happens next. Because mm-hmm. uh, that would have that would have been a walk off. 
mm-hmm. instead of just a game tire. Yeah. yeah. I think um, I'm going to, I'm going to jump on, you know, pimping a homer off the Orioles. I'm going to go Mike Ford off. Yeah. Off, you know, the King Felix in Baltimore. It, you know, we end up losing that game too, but uh-huh. like taking the best closer, maybe the best pitcher in the league in 2023 deep. And it's Mike Ford. Like what planet was he on? To be mm-hmm. able to just sit dead red one oh two and just take it out. Mm-hmm. Like he I did not miss agree. a beat. Um, okay. Well, I'm just gonna keep going with home runs where we lost. <laughs> and I'm gonna go with Colton Wong's home run against the twins. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which was on my birthday, by the way. And it's like, so I'm sitting there watching the game, I'm like, no shot, the Mariners are gonna lose to the twins on my birthday. Come on. And then Colton Wong comes up and I'm like, Well, was off Griffin Jacks. That sounds right, yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what happened. He just runs into one and over the right field fence. And I'm screaming like a little schoolgirl. Mariners still lost the game. But then Colton Wong was just in the dugout hold, hugging the Trident. God, that was so cool. That was such a cool moment. It's a, it's, a, it's a good, like, feel-good moment for a very bad, like, season and situation. Like, mm. you didn't want anything like that to happen. But, like, ultimately it did. Something that is standing out to me that I don't know if it will make sense, but when George Kirby caught the final out of the ninth inning against the Orioles, where it's a little pop-up between catcher and first, and he's like pointing at it like, who's going to get it? Who's going to get it? I think Cal was catching. He was all turned around. France wasn't really close. And he just runs over and snags it. Like, and he, like spikes he, it. And then spikes the ball because he was <laughs> mad at like the umpire from like a previous call. That was such like a... That's just a him moment. Like he mm-hmm. he was in full control that entire game. It's a shame that they lost that one too. Talking about good moments, we're talking about losses, but that <laughs> that just felt like like that was just a very cool moment to watch. Like just he had taken over the entire game up until like all the way up until that like last out as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was. I mean, looking at George Kirby and the year he put together, that was his defining moment. I think. Like in 2022, he had the he had the postseason game against the Astros where he shut down that lineup for, you know, eight innings or whatever it was. And then 2023, he had that obviously some other like some rough moments for George as well (laughs) in 2023. Um, Gosh, I don't necessarily know if I have a final one. Um, All right, Mr. Wrench. JP's walk off is just too duh, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, can I can I pick a moment that has nothing to do with a game? Sure. My favorite moment was. The party at the pier, it, 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 like in downtown Seattle, for for the celebration of the uh, City Connect jerseys. Okay, that was so cool. Like going out there, I met I met some people, some fans while we were down there, um, and it was just like the vibes were cool. Met Cal there, met Rick Riz for the five thousandth time. Um, you know, had some drinks down there on the pier. It was such a cool moment. You know what I mean? I was hanging out with my parents. You know, because I don't have any other friends. Joe, you're not going to talk about Harold Reynolds. I met Harold Reynolds. There yeah. you go. Like that was the whole point of like the video and like what you made from it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Making that video is kind of you know up there as well from 2023. Just one of my favorite things I did. Just a cool, a cool moment. What about the um, home run derby with Simply Seattle? I feel that, like that was, was pretty fire. That was that was really fun as well. I was sad that, that, was that I couldn't really be cool. there in person for it, but mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun like recording like the like the training video for it whatever like it was yeah just, it was just cool yeah that was that was a very that was a very fun time i hope they do something like that again this year like that was i mean obviously you know homer derby's not here or whatnot but <laughs> yeah 
Well, it was so much fun. Yeah. I mean, I could just say, you know, my favorite moment was the All-Star, the Home Run Derby. Yeah, you were literally at the All-Star Derby. I was literally game. at the All-Star game, the Home Run Derby. Why the hell did I not just say watching Julio hit a million home runs in the first round? Whatever. I don't know. The Dude, last year, last year feels like a thousand years ago at this point. I mean, it it's a season that I think a lot of us want to forget, but there was a lot of good in 2020. A lot of good. A yeah, lot of good. I mean... I I mean, experiencing the All Star Game with my dad was like so such a cool thing. Like I remember after the game itself, the All Star Game, we just sat down there in in some seats that weren't ours. We were just everyone else had left, and my dad and I were just sitting there taking it all in. Still, it's pretty cool. It's a very like just good vibes. Mm-hmm. Good vibes. You know what else gives me good vibes, Joe? What's that, Colton? This transition that I'm about to do to talk about Bryce Miller, who looks really really good on Twitter. He's working on that splitter. Twitter, splitter, Bars. splitter, Twitter. Yeah. Did you, did you did you see that Mike Cameron said that he he had a tell though? <laughs> yeah, the the glove flapping. The glove, yeah. yeah. No, that's I like mean, that's oh, smart. Bryce. And I didn't notice it when I first watched it. Same. I, I mean, he uh he himself replied like he was like I think yeah, he did like just... the saluting emoji. <laughs> it's just I don't know. Good. Bryce Miller's probably like he's the top social media person because of his camera role, mm-hmm. like all the funny pictures he has. And he's always posted in the bullpens, just very, very good stuff from Bryce. I'm excited for a splitter. You know, that's if he can tunnel that pitch with his very, 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 very good fastball. Like the back end of this rotation is just, it's, I think it's going to be better than people might imagine. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, if, if Wu takes another step, if Bryce Miller takes that next step and everyone else is just who they are, I mean, if you're the Mariners, you are sitting pretty with your rotation, barring injury, of course, which is always the caveat when it comes to rotation mm-hmm. and just pitching in general. But yeah, I don't know. I think that uh, the more the more that I, the closer we get to the season, the happier I am that the Mariners didn't trade any of these guys. Like, yes, I just think that if, if, if that is your strength, you just got to lean into your strength at this point. You don't have the payroll to go out there and make the additions necessary, then lean into your strength and make it better than anybody else. Like, that's just plain and simple what the Mariners are going to have to do now in 2024. We'll see if it works. Like, who knows? And could you trade Bryce Miller, Brian Wu next year if you need a bat? Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. But who knows if, like, Jerry and Justin still have a job. But, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a lot of we'll question marks. And, and speaking of question marks, Joe, another question mark that I have is this next transition I'm going to make. Uh-huh. Is talking about some questions we got on Twitter. Hit me with them. So, uh, you know, we were sat here not necessarily feeling totally inspired about what we should talk about. So we took it to Twitter and we just said, hey, what should we talk about tomorrow? And to say that we got some replies, some replies of all time would be an understatement. Yeah, so, thank you guys. Yeah, thank you so much. Alex at Class A 80 Speed said, which Mariner would make the best kicker? I think cows are probably a pretty safe answer. Big dumper. You think so? Big legs, right? Like big leg power is what I would Does it have to with. be a current Mariner or can it just be like I, I'm gonna keep it to current Mariners personally. Mm. But So I you, can't say Gino. If you'd like oh, I mean good soccer skills. You know, he can yeah. he can Yeah, that's true. He can keep you uppies with the baseball. Hmm. Okay, okay. I'm gonna go with if I can't say Gino. You can say Gino. I I'll I'll give you Gino. The C- he hasn't played for the Diamondbacks yet, right? True, true. There's still time for the Mariners to reacquire him. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Up next, we have the Chaos Ball podcast at Chaos Ball 1977. Michael Saunders' 2014 season. Colton, he was special, wasn't he? Yeah. It was a year of years, you said. 
The year of years. I mean, that was his best year with the Mariners, I th- I'd say. Like, in he terms had like of... 20-ish home runs, right? No. Bro. 19? He, no. He only played in 78 games. It was his oh. best year based around like, not counting stats, but like average and like OPS plus. He had 273, 341, 450 with a 791 OPS with a 128 OPS plus. His career high. In 231 at-bats, he had eight homers and drove in 34 runs. What could have been for Michael Saunders? Just, the, you know. The Condor, baby. Two, two years away from an all-star appearance with Toronto. Yeah, after he his first year in Toronto played in nine games because he broke his ankle or whatever he did on a sprinkler head in spring training. A little fun fact. Keep you guys updated. So, Jake, you love to see it from the You Love to See It podcast at Mariners Jersey said, I'd imagine something Mariners related would work. Hope this helps. Um, so Thanks up for next nothing, Jake. Is um, Jason M at Sanger- Sanj? Oh, I've never, I've never known the at S A N J A R O M I N Sanger Roman. Sure, he said stuff, and I responded and things, and he said yes, both stuff and things. So Colton, any stuff you want to talk about? Um, I think that stuff is good, mm. but some stuff isn't. Yeah, like things. Would you say things are stuff? Um, I think that things may be stuff, but not all stuff are things. I took the words right out of my mouth, man. See, that's that's why you're here. Okay. Um, and then last one, Stephen. This is from Twitter. Last one from Twitter. Stephen at Taco Sriracha said, "Keep it entirely 100% positive." Parentheses. I'm a Mariner slash Bills fan. I'm not having the best of days. I think we've kept it pretty positive. Pretty positive, Pete over here. As yeah, we, as I'd we say so. as we try and do pretty often, you know, we we do our best, but we are going to go to a dark place here really quickly. Yeah, Haley Steinfeld's dating Josh Allen. No, that's not the point. I'm gonna. Make that's it. a dark place for me. All right, well, just keep that to yourself next time, maybe. <laughs> um, in the Discord, the members only Discord that may or may not be not members only, soon ish. You know, soft launch. You know, we asked any questions out there in the world in the Discord as well, and we got one. From our man, Dylan B. Shout out, Dylan. If Colton was a worm, would I still make content with him? And I said no. I can't have a conversation with a worm. I'm going to bring not Colton back to the podcast. That's my first. The moment you turn into a worm, not Colton is making another appearance. I feel like your brain is literally a worm. That's all it is. It's a little guy in there. What are you talking about? I think that we'd get along great. You put me in your pocket. You know, take me on trips. Why would I have to put you in my pocket? I feel like I'd lose you in my pocket if you were a worm. You'd I'd crawl probably out. Pretty, I'm probably, why would I crawl out? I'm safe. Are you I'm sh- happy to be with my friend. Hmm. Why am I, like, in possession of you in this situation? Like, I am, just, I, am I your caretaker once you turn into I a can't, worm? I can't open the door as a worm. <laughs> I can't turn on the computer as a worm. I'm going to need some help. Green Frog's going to eat you. Green <laughs> Frog's gone. Or brown frog. Brown frog's also gone. There's so much lore that we're unpacking right now that... Nobody understands. Nobody understands, but that's okay. Because maybe one day you will. Thank you guys so much for watching episode 54, the John Halama episode of the Hit It Here podcast, or the Tom Wilhelmson. Either of those what you were thinking? No. It's... Hold on, I need to go see if this is actually who he did wear number 54. Also, you're not slick, by the way. You're on the Jersey Tracker thing, like the Almanac site. Oh, never mind. I was wrong. 
I'm not going to say who it was because I'm embarrassed. Who it was, was it? It was Brandon League. He was 43. Oh. So it was like one, it was one, you know, numerical section down of like the pattern, 54, 43. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah, 32. no, um, I, I am on the Almanac site, but I can do that because this is my thing. <laughs> it's your thing. It's not my thing. thing. His thing. No, it's not your thing. That's you what I'm didn't want to do it. I didn't say John, I didn't want to do it. I didn't know John Halama, but I did know Tom Wilhelmson. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to. Also, Shinsu Chu, Emilio Pagan, Andres Munoz in 2021, Sergio Romo, Jose Rodriguez. Anyone else interesting? Wasn't oh, Cast- my God. Wasn't Luis Castillo? No, he was 58. Oh, that's right. It's coming up. Sh- Shinsu Chu. <laughs> You wow. already said him. Did I? Yeah. Names, dude. Thank you guys so much for watching episode 54, the Shinsu Chu episode of the Hit It Here podcast presented by Bet Online and Go Mariners.